announcements. God, it's my prayer that, God, that when we sing songs, God, when we hear songs sung over us, God, that we're hearing these words, and Father, that, God, for some of us that we're wrestling with it. But God, it is my prayer that we would want to be more like you, Jesus. God, that is the key to being more like you. We want that, Jesus. And it's my prayer that our people, God, that we crave it. And Jesus, that we know that you're faithful, that you'll help us to do that if we seek you with all of our hearts. So Jesus, speak to us today through your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. kind of neat to see how the Lord works and then consequently to see how the enemy just he's like you know let's just do something different and the Lord's like no I'm greater and we're gonna do it anyway I love it um, so together we encourage and equip each other into a growing relationship with Christ that's what we've looked at the last several weeks uh, we've got a few more weeks left of that we've looked at the idea of that Together, we, we encourage and equip each other by loving one another. We looked at last week that we are here to build up one another. That's a huge deal. That's a big deal. And some of us, we think that it's not in our DNA to build one another up, but it, it, it totally is. Especially as Christ takes, takes your old heart of stone. The Bible tells us that there's an old heart of stone, and like now He gives us a new heart of flesh. And so as we say yes to Jesus... Our old way, our old mannerisms of doing things should fall away and pass away. So, James, I'm not a natural guy or gal that builds up people. Well, that's hogwash. Or if you're from the South, hogwash. And the Lord will fix it anyway. But today, I'm going to look at serving. It's probably one of those sermons that really could, could preach itself. That we encourage and equip each other into a growing relationship with Jesus by serving one another. And like these are really the tenets of what C112 is about. And it's not that they're good things or bad things, they're just things. These are ideas that are inherent to what we are going to do as a body of believers here at the church at 112. And so when we go out to the world and we're wearing like our door holder shirt, like this last week when I was out there wearing my door holder shirt and bringing king cakes to some schools, and I remember calling up and I said, hey, I need to feed X amount of people. And I'm like, well, you can do it with this and this. And I'm like, no, because I would probably eat a large piece. And so like I had these three massive, I thought that they were massive. But as we go out and we're sharing and people see visually that we're door holders, or if they can just see by your actions and your attitude and your heart, these are the things that we're carrying with us, that we love one another and that we build up one another and that today that we're looking at serving one another. These aren't arbitrary. These aren't things that just kind of came out of the air. We get everything rooted in Scripture. And so I love that Trey read for us from Galatians chapter 5. And that's where we'll be today. So you can flip there. But I love that we read out of there today. And we start every, every gathering with Scripture. And I've tinkered with it. And I've thought it in my mind before. It's like, okay, well, what would be the best place for Scripture in the, inside of a gathering? And for us, 
It's going to be at the very beginning because we want everyone to know. We want folks that have been with us for a while to be reminded of and folks that will start coming in or will be watching this when it's posted later. Like we want them to all know we begin everything with Jesus. And not just ideas and flippant things or thoughts or feelings, the latest fads or songs, but it's, it's scriptural truth about who he is. Uh, but before we get into that, Matthew chapter 20. I want to look at Matthew chapter 20 for a little bit. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. As I looked up, serving. Like I only typed in the word serve. I didn't even look up the word serve one another. And that's one of the one anothering that we're looking at today is serving one another. The very first hit that I found is something that, you know me, like I'm a data guy. I love looking at statistics. I love looking at frequency. I love looking at, you know, linguistics and language and blah, blah, blah. I like looking at those things because it, to me, it, it strengthens any kind of argument. But when I saw Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, there's nothing else that's needed to be added because it's one of the strongest verses about serving in the entire Bible. Jesus is speaking. That's always a great place to start. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I thought, man, that's too good to be true. Like, God, that you would just lay this in my lap. God, there's got to be more stuff in here. To know that Jesus Christ himself would say that I did not come to be served. Like, just imagine for a moment, like, he's got a throne in heaven. So he creates the heavens and the earth. And he's, he's got a, a throne. I don't know what it looks like. Well, it says in Revelation, I don't know what it looks like because I've not been there. That's a, that's a good joke for a whole nother day and also a bad joke. So anyway, here it is. He's got this throne reigning over the heavens and yet he decides to step down off of his throne and into humanity with us. Now, when I think of regal people, I'm thinking maybe, maybe the folks that were anticipating a Messiah, a rescuer for them. Maybe they're anticipating a regal king, maybe someone draped and clothed and nice purple velvety robes that you could you could sleep in because it feels so good like maybe he would walk in there with an iron scepter or an iron fist no not an iron fist that's something else anyway maybe he was walking in there with all of his regalia and his weapons and his armies and it's the kind of person that you just kind of like bow down like you just you're in awe maybe that's what someone who has a throne in heaven would have done it reminds me of a story of a prominent preacher on the east coast on the eastern seaboard and it's the kind of guy he went to seminary he was trained so for those of you that are kind of like new to the church thing folks get trained and so he had training it was good training it was, it was one of the best seminaries you can go to and he's the kind of, kind of person I've, I've heard this that when you it's hard to get a meeting with him but if you get a meeting with him you're waiting in there for him to enter, right? So you're sitting down, and when he, as soon as the door opens and he enters with his entourage for a meeting, a private meeting with you, like you stand, and he walks in, and you, you wait until he sits down, and then you sit down. And you only speak if you're spoken to. And I'm thinking, 
what kind of planet? Oh, it's one of those kind of planets where you're king of some sort of domain, a president, a principal, a, the doctor of a practice, like you're the, the head boss. And so everyone kind of bows down to you. And yet Jesus Christ could have done all of those things. And yet instead, he, he says that I didn't come to be served. I love that about Jesus. A lot of folks that, man, maybe you've got friends that are like this. A lot of folks kind of struggle with this idea of who Jesus Christ is. He's like, oh, he's got his thumb on us. And it's like, no. And yet here it is. We've got the one who has a throne in the heavens that he created. And he's ruling over everywhere. I mean, I, I know in scripture that it says that even the rocks will cry out. That the trees that everyone will adore God. I see that in scripture, which tells me, extrapolating just a little bit over across the entire universe, there's probably some planet in a far, faraway galaxy with, that's got trees and Gungans, and we'll probably see jar, I'm just kidding, I don't believe in it, but like, so we'll see, like there's probably trees at the other end of the galaxy that are praising God. To have that much adoration and to have that much awe, and yet when you come to this planet, like you could walk in the door and instead of coming to be served, you come to serve. That's our Jesus. That's our creator. That's, that's the one who gives us life and hope and breath. Like that's why when we worship him, we're like, oh my goodness, you are so great. Not because you are, you've got all these weapons on you, but you are so great because you are, you're humble. And when we say that we want to love one another, that's what Jesus does, right? Scripture tells us that, that he loves. We know that Jesus builds up one another. There's a lot of times, like when Peter, <laughs> uh, when Peter was down in the dumps because of the way his life kind of turned out at the end where, where Jesus gave his life, uh, Peter is down in the dumps, and instead of chastising him over, like so the, the, scene, uh, the scene is just to kind of set it up for you, uh, everyone's kind of fishing. The guys are hanging out fishing. What you do when you're sad, also when you're happy, and also when you're hungry. But anyway, so they're kind of our Savior who reigns and came to serve. Uh, came to serve. Uh, he's, he's gone. And so they're out fishing. And Peter's on the side of the shore and he's starting up some fish. Uh, no, he's on the boat. Jesus is on the shore. And Peter jumps out of the boat. And Jesus came to serve. Even in those critical moments where Peter's like, man, I'm just down in the dumps. No one likes me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll go eat worms and maybe fish. And so instead, Jesus is there ready and willing to serve him. Like, I don't know if I had the ability, I don't, but if I had all the power in the world and then I gave my life, I died, and then, and then I rose again, I don't know if I would do what Jesus did. And instead, even in that moment, he could have been like, guys, look at how awesome this is. But instead, he's like, um, Peter, let's talk. Oh, by the way, I've got some fish prepared for you because your fish is terrible. I've had it before, but this is really, you're going to love it. Jesus came to serve. John chapter 13, verses 12 through 17. Jesus, so it's the, just to set up this scene for you. And all this is building to Galatians chapter 5. But to put this scene before you, Jesus is eating his last final meal. They're going to Outback one final time. He's like, this is the last end all be all. Like, this is our last time together. I just want to give you a heads up. 
and I'm about to give my life and so I'm going to share a few more of these things with you guys and they're sitting there chapter 13 verse 1 before the Passover meal Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart this world from the Father and so verse 2 it was time for supper and so they get together at this what we call the Last Supper verse 12 when Jesus like he, he Hey, can you hand me uh, my steak? I like my steak medium well. Could you, like instead of barking orders or commanding them to do things, instead he takes the role of a servant and he gets down on his feet and he fills a little, ba uh, little, a little on his knees and he fills up a little basin and he starts washing these guys' feet. These guys, like where he knew where they had been walking previously, like, Peter, I know that you stepped in, but you know, I'm going to clean that up anyway. Like, I know that you've been, well, not washed your feet for a little while and I'm going to handle that. The Savior of the universe, the one who has the throne in heaven in a, some planet far, far away where Gungans don't live because I don't believe in aliens. Like this entire planet is worshiping and yet here it is, he gets on his knees and he starts washing the feet of his followers. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he sat back, he reclined again. And said to them, do you know what I've done for you? you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly, since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example. I love that. I've given you an example that you should do just as I have done for you. He says, truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. And if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. John chapter 13, if you want to look that up later. He explicitly, so he tells us in Matthew chapter 20, he says, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And then here in John chapter 13, he's like, and just to give you a heads up, like this is the visual example. I'm about to die. I could be talking about my bucket list and I could be doing all this other stuff and telling you last remarks, which I will, and I'll be praying for you like at length in, in the book of John, he prays at length. But instead, right now, before I do all of those things, I want to wash your feet and serve you. It's so neat that he's expressing that equality with God is not to be grasped, but instead that he humbled himself even to the point of serving others. And we find that in scripture, in the book of Colossians. Like he humbled himself to be a servant. Serving in Christ carries a purpose, like it carries a significant weight. When we are serving in Christ, in Christ, it carries a significant weight. I don't want you to confuse it like a, a grading scale, like the more I serve, the more I obtain or the more I get. Jesus didn't serve so that he got accolades. He served because he was humble and he wanted to show us what it looked like to consider others greater than ourselves. And so going back to Matthew chapter 20, Verse 28 says, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And then it says, to give my life as a ransom for many. And that word there, ransom, we don't talk about it probably a whole lot. If you've been around churches, maybe you haven't been around churches. Maybe you've, got, you've been hurt by churches in the past because like, they just didn't give us the full look of the gospel, the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And yet Jesus is like, it's not enough that I, I 
I'm here to show you how to live. When I give my life, it's because it's a ransom to pay a debt that all of us in humanity have to pay. Because we were born into sin, we were born broken people, like with this idea or propensity to serve ourselves. It's innate in who we are because it's our cold, dead heart. So Jesus is like, there's, there's a debt or penalty or wrath that you're going to have to pay because of that. But I've come to pay it all in full. That's good news. And it all comes back to serving one another. We serve one another to show the worth of Jesus to the world. We serve one another to show the worth of Jesus to the world. Saying, you know, Jesus paid it all. And I can give till it hurts. That's the idea when Paul tells us in Galatians 5 to serve one another. That's the weight of it. And that's why we had to look at Jesus and what he did. Because the weight of it is that he gave literally till it hurts. And we too, when we are serving in Christ, one another, we too need to give till it hurts. With our kids. I remember I told this mom one time, she's like, my son is into this whatever stuff. And James, it's heavy. I don't know what to do. I said, you stay so close that you can get hurt. You give till it hurts. Financially, James, like how, how much should we invest in this or that? Or you, you give till it hurts. I mean, that'll help curb some of the other spending because you're, now you're giving till, till it hurts. Well, James, what about, what about, what about just to get spiritual? What about serving Jesus? Like uh, reading the Bible and this kind of stuff. Like you give until it hurts, until it pushes out everything else. As we confess Christ, our entire demeanor changes from self-serving to full service. Y'all remember those gas stations? I remember, I, man, I was a kid, and we would go up, and some gas stations were self-serve, and then some of them were full service. And I remember asking my dad, I'm like, Dad, because I hadn't hit puberty yet, Dad, what are these gas stations? And he's like, oh, they'll pump the gas for you. He talks like Goofy. And also Donald Duck, and that like really makes me um, jealous, because I've never been able to do the Donald Duck voice in my life. And so here it is, like, you know, Full service or self-service, as we confess Jesus, our entire demeanor changes. And we stop being self-serving. We stop being selfish and egotistical. I remember last night, Mary and I, we were at Walmart. And uh, here it is, we're in our, we're in our van, because that's what, when you get kids, you own vans. Way to go. And so here it is, we're in our van, and across the way, there was this really expensive, like, $80,000, $90,000 van. It has like a bathroom in the back of it. It was just bananas. And so here it is. Like, I remember we're, we're sitting there, and I'm in my pajamas, and the window's locked, and I'm in the, I'm in the middle seats because that's where I was. And Mary's in the front, and this lady comes back out with these groceries, a lot of groceries. I'm like, wow, she's feeding a lot of people. And so she puts them in, loads them in the back of her van, and she shuts the right door, and like she's walking away, and like she starts to slam the, the left door, and she just keeps on walking and gets in her van, and the door didn't shut. Like, you know, sometimes when you slam a door, like you swing a door, and you expect it to latch. It didn't latch because she had too much stuff, probably. I don't know. She's about to drive off in this really expensive van, like a house. And Mary's like, <gasps> and like she runs out of the car. I'm like, she's going to break an angle trying to run after this lady. And she runs after the lady, and she, 
she's like trying to wave in her van and lady's not paying attention like she's looking at whatever else she's trying to do and she's about to get out of here and mary and it's dark and we're in slidell by the way we're in slidell to just kind of say so you've you've been to walmart and slidell like you don't go up someone's window at night and so she gets a little closer and like finally i was i'm watching her like i can't turn i can't roll down the window or nothing i can't open my door it's locked child lock and so i'm like i'm just enjoying the show and she like just knocks i'm like this lady's gonna blow anyway so hey i'm so sorry like she backs up i'm so sorry but you and she had to fasten her mask but your 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 door is open and and the lady comes out she's like oh my goodness i was just fussing about having to pay 400 dollars for groceries and praise god praise god like she was legit praising the lord that someone told her about her van i love it because as we serve or as we confess christ we we move from serving ourselves to serving other people and it's no longer like well i'm comfortable in my car or i'm playing my game or i'm uh, it's an inconvenience and like we do that in life so much we don't help people we don't serve people because it's an inconvenience in whatever form or fashion for our time or our money or our just mental gosh you know if you've got kids like sometimes you're like oh man and the lord's like i, I want you to serve you, you wanted kids and now I'm humbling you. Here you go. Congratulations. That's why we're door holders. Let me take Paul for an example. He self-identifies as a slave of Christ. And I mentioned this verse last week, and so it's worth bearing again. In Romans chapter 1, verse 1, he says that he is a slave of Christ. And so he's writing to all the other people who are slaves of Christ. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, he again talks about being a, guess what, slave of Christ. And he, and he ties freedom to serving one another. And so that's where we get here into the book of Galatians. And so just kind of set up, I'm not going to go into a history or detail of the book because we're looking at one Bible verse, although we've already looked at a lot of other scriptures today uh, because everything's about Jesus and we set it up for him. But the book of Galatians is about a, a group of believers, uh, a church, a called out ones who are called to go out and serve other people, who are called to go out and love one another and build up one another, like just like us. They were called out to do these things. And there was a group of people that came in who said, man, all of your ideas are great. You should continue to do all these ideas because that's going to make you right with Jesus. And they're like, yay, happy day, happy day. Until they said, oh, oh, but you also have to do this. Oh. Oh, and you also have to do this. Oh, and you also have to do this. Verse 12. Oh, like they, it gets worse. And they were adding to what the good news, the gospel of what Jesus is, that you had to do this plus this. It was bananas. And so Paul's like, listen, I love you. And I, I just want to write to you and to really, he spends all, all six chapters really getting to the heart of the matter, like it's not Jesus plus, it is just Jesus. But as you follow Jesus, here are some other things in a healthy way to keep track of. Paul wants to remind everyone he spends most of his book reminding us about freedom. In fact, if you look at verse, uh, at the beginning of chapter five, which we read earlier, it's about freedom, being free. He writes that also to the Romans in chapters 13 and 14 when he's reminding us, hey, you have freedom, you're allowed to do, this, that, or the other, it's good, it's great, but don't ever put a stumbling block in front of someone else.
It's like he's encouraging us. Listen, you are free to do all of these things. But we need to do these things in community. And that's why we serve one another. That's why we build up one another. And that's why we love one another. That's why we encourage and equip each other together. Because we are meant to do it with one another. Weight loss is a lot easier when you do it with a friend. Or, and it's even better when you do it in a community. When you have a group of people around you and champion you, like I'm a part of this group online, and people post their struggles uh, with what they eat. And like, I feel bad like saying, I ate popcorn the other day, a lot of it, with a lot of salt. Salt is really bad for weight loss, by the way. And so, or I had a few bites of my son's king cake. Like I bought him like his own personal money. Anyway, I, but these people are, and it's so great, like instead of, oh man, you, you're a terrible person for, for falling off the wagon. You're a terrible person for, for downing half a pizza today. You're terrible, instead of beating each other up, like I'm not used to that. Whenever I've seen people in weight loss journeys, it's usually condemnation and, and people down on you for, and instead this community has been really cool about building each other up and encouraging one another. It's really nice. We're free to encourage. I want to ask you a question. Have you experienced freedom? Like, have you experienced freedom? Like, experienced it? Like, we're slaves to sin. We're shackled to our emotions. For some of us, we eat too much. There's not a lot of churches that, that speak on gluttony or eating too much or, or, or the gluttony of, of spending too much money on stuff, just stupid stuff. There's not a lot of sermons that talk about spending too much time in front of the TV unless they're talking about laziness, but even then it's only glossed over. Like it's, there's not a lot of sermons that really talk about the sin of gluttony. And that's not just food, but that's like anything that we can overindulge in. Anything. Time-wise, money-wise, mental, like our mental, I don't want to say acuity, but our, our mental bridge for Like when we spend too much, we strain too much and it's just, But when you have freedom, you remember what Paul said, that there is now therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Like when you experience freedom, you know, you know I fell off the wagon, I ate half a pizza today, and that was so bad. And yet Jesus loves me anyway, and we can work through this. Or I feel, I feel terrible because I spent five hours watching, binge watching whatever the latest show is. Go Dog Go, that's a new one on Netflix. I know, because I've watched it. And the Lord's like, listen, that was, that, that was then, but let's move forward. Let's forget what lies behind and let's press forward to what lies ahead. The accuser stands in front of you to condemn, but, we, but praise God that we have a victor who stands over us. Here's your application. Christ has set you free. But sometimes we're still slaves in our mind to sin. And there's a discouragement that we experience. So the application is you need to let Jesus have that. Sometimes we're shackled to our emotions. And you, you, you know if you're shackled to your emotions, like it drives you, there's a fear around you, there's a, a guilt or a shame or an anger or pain or whatever. Like, you know if you're slaves to your emotion, you know if you're slaves to food, you know if you're a slave to laziness or idleness or 
you know, too much self-serving. Like, you know if you're a slave to that and the accuser is standing over you to heap shame on you and guilt on you and to make you feel bad and you're a terrible person and you're not a, and yet we have a victor standing above that saying, I've conquered that. Don't pay attention to him. I'm going to throw him back to hell where he belongs and we're going to keep moving forward. For those of us that are stuck in whatever thing that we're shackled to or slaves of, this week, I want you to give it to God. The first step to doing that is you write it down. You identify it. You say it out loud to another brother or sister in Christ. Say, hey, listen, I am stuck in the slavery of this. The enemy's got me in bondage, but I know that there's no condemnation in Jesus, so help me pray through this so that I can give it to Jesus. That's why Peter says, cast all your cares, like throw all your cares on him because you're not, you're not holding on to it anymore. You're letting it go. He's like, so throw all this back on to Jesus because he cares for you. I want to tell you this. It's really hard to serve with a monkey on your back. So throw that monkey off and give it to the Lord. He likes monkeys. So, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. We ready? It's been 30 minutes. For you were called to be free. You were called to be free. Brothers and sisters, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. It's a military term. It's an abuse of power. It reminds me that all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. We get that in the Bible. Uh, so, you know, hot dogs might taste good. They're permissible. But when you do a hot dog eating contest, there's only one place it can go, and it's not down. If you use your freedom for yourself... And I'm not talking about just self-serving, but I'm talking about self-degradation. We degrade ourselves. Self-deprecation. Self-denial. Self-gratification. When we live for ourselves, if we use our freedom for ourselves, we're doing it wrong. He says, don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve yourself. I'm sorry. Is that what he says? Serve one another through love. Be a, the word for serve means to be a slave of someone. To be slaves of Christ, belonging to Christ, like our demeanor changes to the wants and desires to serve Jesus. And as you desire to serve Jesus, you'll desire to serve others. The more that we desire to serve Jesus, the more we'll desire to serve other people. The easiest application to do this is the easiest absolute application that we can ever do is to serve other people. But there's some pre-work that you've got to do before you can. Number one, you've got to be a slave of Christ. You have to trust Jesus, the one who gave his life as a ransom to pay the debt that we deserved. We've got to be slaves of Jesus. No one else. Number two, you can't be a slave of, of anything else. You've got to be a slave of Christ and nothing else. Here's your application. I want you to serve others this week. We serve one another to show the worth of Jesus to the world. I know I said that earlier, but we serve one another because we're showing the world that Jesus is worth serving. You know, we sing songs like there's nothing that our God can't do. And yet here it is that if there's nothing that he could do, 
that he can't do. He sent Jesus Christ to this world. And instead of doing anything else that he could have done, Jesus served us. The question is, do we show that with our lives by serving other people? This week, I want you to talk about this with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether it's a small group or just a couple of y'all over coffee or even a FaceTime, okay? Because it is COVID times. I went to the hospital last night to be with a patient at 10 o'clock because of COVID issues. It's a COVID time, so if you need to do a FaceTime with someone, do a FaceTime with somebody. But get with another brother or sister in Christ. Talk about serving. When we serve someone difficult to serve, guess what? That is worth celebrating. So celebrate it with another brother or sister. It's one less shackle that the enemy has on us, and it's one more way that we show that Jesus is the victor. I want to dream for just a moment with you. We, we're done. This is like our core group. I had someone asking me last night about our, our gathering, our church, the church at 112. I said, man, we've got a great core group of people that have been coming, and we're, and we're gearing up to explode and show the world, hey, Jesus loves you, and we want to together encourage and equip you into that. And we're close. Man, we're marching. We're so close. But I want to say, like, when I was describing y'all to this person, I want to say... Our crew is a selfless crew. I mean, they are hard working. They, you pour so many man hours into projects, it's, it's bananas. And I know I've said that twice, and then also monkeys, so for whatever reason, I've got primates on my mind. But like, you pour a lot of man hours, a lot of resources, a lot of yourself, your heart, and I love watching that week after week after week and hearing stories. And that's why another reason why it's important to meet with other brothers and sisters because you get to share life together and share stories. We've seen what God can do. We've seen what He can do so far, but what happens if we take it to the next level? Let's pray. Jesus, it's my prayer that we serve one another. Jesus, I'm grateful that you are so gracious that you humbled yourself to serve us who gave us that example to show your love to others. Help us to do that, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.